This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. I'm Julian Ng, and together with me is Joyce Go, and we're looking into today's biggest business news. And uh, we can't miss this. Uh, we have more details on Tabung Haji's restructuring plan because uh, the ex-chairman has come out to deny allegations of misconduct and also uh, the fact that Tabung Haji is set to sell TRX land brought uh, bought from 1MDB. Yes, yeah, so it's, we have more details on Tabung Haji's uh, plans. Almost 20 billion ringgit worth of underperforming assets currently under Tabung Haji will be transferred to the special purpose vehicle under the Ministry of Finance. I guess one of the questions here is also whether or not MOF can take on this extra burden of managing these underperforming assets, Julian. You know, because, you know, they already have to contend with wider fiscal deficit, looking at rape files and all that. What's the next? Because first there's the 1MDB. Now we come Tabung Haji. Now, and we're also expecting some stuff coming up from Felda, right? Yeah, I, th- I think the good thing is that they have some support in form of assets. For example, the uh, Tunrazak Exchange land, uh, which is supposedly very valuable, right in the heart of uh, town, very prime. Uh, that was bought uh, 1.6 acre back in 2015 for about 200 million. So it must be worth uh, something more. They can sort of uh, liquidate some of this asset, monetize them to support. I mean, it's a, a much different story if Tabung Haji does not have assets. Mm. Uh, uh, so right now, that SPV would be formed and uh, that we would, going forward, probably see a lot more cash injection. By the way, I think the whole is about $4 billion. Yes, yeah. yes. And looking at underperforming assets, uh, how do they define this? I think one example would be properties generating yields of less than 2% per annum. This includes the land in Tunraza Exchange, Julian, as you were talking about. Another example of uh, underperforming performing assets is equities that are seeing impairment of more than 20%. So a breakdown of these underperforming assets, I think 80% of them are in form of equities, 20% in the form of properties. Not, not surprisingly, because the Malaysian equity market has not been performing well, and a lot of Tabung Haji assets are uh, equities, at least listed equities are in Malaysia. Um, so just some numbers here, um, about 10 billion would be issued by the SPV, 10 billion bond. Uh, and this will result in uh, the balancing of the assets and liabilities. Remember mm. that uh, the liabilities were more than the assets, so mm-hmm. they had to cook up the books so that, that they can legally pay out those dividends. And now as a result of this restructuring, they will equalize assets to liabilities of 77 billion, plugging that uh, four odd billion hole that exists right now. Yeah, so that means that Tabong Haji can then legally pay out dividends. So we have this Sukut 10 billion worth in Islamic suku and also another 10 billion I think they're looking at RCPS Correct. Uh, we have this uh, statement here coming mm. from Tabung Haji Group MD and CEO Datuk Sri Zukri Samad, who assured uh, the more than 9 million depositors that they will receive their dues this year There are two criteria for us to pay the dividend The asset must be more than liabilities and it must be profitable as I said, for 2018, we are doing so for the structuring and we are doing just for turnaround. Once that is completed, the asset will be equal to liability. So for 2018, of course, the year is not yet ending, it's not yet being audited, but I'm positive that will be some dividends. 
Some it's dividends. <laughs> that's, that's the key word from uh, some words of comfort from Tabung Haji Group MD and CEO Dato Sri Zukri Samat. I guess they're uh, trying to look into restructuring the way they invest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're looking at a less exposure to equities, more stable investments. And according to Dato Sri Zukri Samat, um, he says that you know, Tabung Haji doesn't want to compete with the likes of PNB. They want to look at more dividend yielding stocks. And they're going to review the, its stakes in underperforming companies, such as like in the oil and gas sector and hotel operations. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. But actually, there's a comment coming out with uh, from the Tabung Haji's former chairman, Dato Sri Abdul Aziz Abdul Rahim. He has denied any allegations of misconduct by the fund's previous management. Absolutely. I think that uh, this uh, is very tricky when you want to continue, uh, when you want to consider the investment strategy going forward, because there are all those expectations, right? Over the last few years, the dividends have been to the tune of 4 to 6%. And mm-hmm. if you make a policy to become more stable, and that, that means if you want to, in investment, that's a mantra, right? Higher risk, higher and returns, returns. Low, lower risk, lower returns. So mm-hmm. uh, the question is, what does it mean to stabilize your investment? Does, does that mean you're uh, going to accept a lower dividends, a case of lower dividends? And um, anyhow, I think, uh, the idea of dividend yielding stocks may not be a bad idea because if you want to maintain those kind of four to six percent yield, it mm-hmm. doesn't suggest uh, an atmosphere of extreme riskiness. Yeah, I guess for them, I think the the most what's important right now is to balance their books first to make sure that they're li- they don't have more liabilities than their assets. Make sure that they can legally pay dividends. Then from there, maybe. Uh, from there, they can look at maybe riskier assets later on, but they have to balance their books first. The other big news, Joyce, is that AirAsia and AirAsia Rex are being taken to court by a unit of the Malaysian Airports Holdings. They're slapping them with a lawsuit of 36 million mm. ringgit. So MAHB is claiming 26.7 million ringgit from AirAsia X and 9.4 million ringgit from AirAsia. This is for passenger service charge fees that the airline group has not been collecting from travelling passengers. And AirAsia and AirAsia X have both stated they will defend the proceedings and the claims. Uh, they're saying that these are without justification and totally unreasonable. Uh, so the charges, uh, domestic, uh, this these are PSC charges proposed by MHB, domestic 11 ringgit, ASEAN, 35 ringgit, international, quite expensive, uh, 73. Sorry, these are set by MAFCOM. Mm, so Air Asia has only been collecting 50 ringgit per non-ASEAN international passenger and uh, Air Asia has consistently refused to collect the additional 23 ringgit. Why? That's because they argue that KLIA2 is a low-cost airport and that the charges levied should reflect that. So not to take this line down, both Air Asia and Air Asia X are going to pursue cross-claims against uh, Malaysian airports, and this relates to infrastructure and state of the airports and operations, which they claim include defects, running closure, aircraft damage, fuel pipelines, ruptures, and so on. But there's some good news coming out of AirAsia, right? Well, US private investment firm Castle Lake LP will buy a portfolio of some 30 planes from AirAsia for a total price of some 3.33 billion ringgit. This is according to sources speaking to Starbiz. And this deal comes amidst, you know, strong 
appetite for investment in aviation, driven by, I guess, strong demand and a rise in passenger traffic. Yep, and also, I, I guess this comes amidst uh, AirAsia's own uh, transformation uh, where they want to monetize their asset and they want to go into an asset-like, digitally-focused firm, which allows them to sell a lot of planes and yet uh, still operate as uh, the AirAsia as before. Well, Castle Lake is buying older aircraft, which are under lease to AirAsia's affiliate airlines. And the source quoted in Star described this as an up-and-coming sector for asset managers who buy older aircraft and they sell them once the lease expires. 854, Joyce, you know, uh, the, uh, amid all this uh, corruption charges and arrests of, uh, you know, XPM and also Arul Kanda, 1MDB News, uh, news of Tabung Haji cooking the books, uh, there, is, uh, there are some news coming out about the Malaysian uh, investment landscape. Uh, advisory firm Duff and Phelps have said that uh, corporate activity has fallen very sharply in 2018. And also MP Ong Ken Ming said that five manufacturing companies have have shut operations and exited Malaysia since May uh, due to business decisions. Yeah, so according to this uh, Duff and Phelps, uh, corporate deal activities in Malaysia have fallen sharply in Malaysia this year. This is due to a high base effect given the record high in 2017. So that's, I think they had uh, we had a 40% drop. And uh, these corporate deals include uh, M&As, private uh, equity and venture capital investments, as well as IPOs. So 2017 was 20.3 billion US dollars. 2018 saw 12.5 billion US dollars. I guess a lot of people were also looking at the general elections, which happened in the middle of this year mm. and possibly putting off a lot of the investing decisions. And the market performance hasn't been that great as well since the uh, general elections and uh, maybe that was an indicator of sentiment but uh, market when, performance could be regional as well like with what's happening yeah, yes, macro. Uh, you mm. know the, the the crisis that happened in Turkey as well as the utterances of Donald Trump uh, but when they did come in uh, the foreign investors actually liked the healthcare sector uh, and domestic investors uh, real estate not surprising yeah <laughs> it's always a popular uh, industry well foreign investors continue to sell uh, Malaysian equities and bonds in line with the broader trend across emerging markets. And uh, looking at this, I think according to MIDF year to date, foreign investors have net sold 10.74 billion ringgit worth of Malaysian stocks wiping out uh, 2017's net inflow of 10.33 billion ringgit in Malaysian equities. Also, an indicator of sentiment is the uh, foreign trading in Malaysian government bonds, uh, which fell by almost 5 billion ringgit last month compared to October. That translates to a 1% drop of total foreign ownership of all government debt, uh, now uh, slightly under 25%. And the other news, uh, Joyce, is that uh, five manufacturing companies have shut down operations since uh, G. GE14. Yeah. yeah. So this is according to Deputy Minister of International Trade and Industry, uh, MB Ong Kian Ming. Also, um, uh, there are five companies who have invested over 300 million ringgit into the country, those five companies. And these uh, shutting of operations have resulted in over 360 local workers losing their jobs. Why are they shutting down? I think uh, this is due to global headwinds, market uncertainty, falling demand, rising costs. And uh, uh, Ong Kiang Min has said that, you know, there were business decisions and um, nothing to do with a change in government. Okay, and the silver lining is that Grab is set to add about 100 tech jobs and a new R&D centre here in Malaysia. So uh, the 8 a.m., uh, the 9 a.m. news rather is coming up. And after that, we'll look at uh, what's happening in FBM KLCI, BFM 89.9. 
keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.